Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Flincham, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. Are you recording, Catherine? Miss Flincham? I'm looking at emails, okay? Like, Well, have you considered focusing on the task at hand, Catherine? It's <laughs> an important email. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, let me record it. Well, I'll, you know, I'm not going to be rude like some people. You just let me know when you're finished. I'm good. <laughs> She's working on her capstone project. Leave her alone. Oh, oh my God. It. <laughs> okay, I was having flashbacks of my senior year in high school, but I'll tell you this. My senior project was definitely not as intense as this was, and I did a music thing for my senior project. Yeah, this seemed more like college- I don't think my school had a senior project. At least not that I remember. Mine didn't either. Really? Uh, is that a, a normal? Is that a normal thing? Not that I'm aware of. Wait. Okay. Wait. Hold up. What? Like <laughs> y'all didn't have senior projects? I don't think I did. No. no. <laughs> Unless I'm just like totally blanking. Well, I remember my first year in high school. The senior project was like make your like make a scrapbook of like your memories of high school or something like that, which I was like pretty psyched for. And then the next year, I remember all the seniors complained because they changed it up, and you basically have to. It's like part of your English class or something like that, and it's a credit. So if you don't pass the senior project, you have to repeat the credit, like the class again, I guess, from what I remember. And you had to create a product, and, like, so people would, like, bake cakes or do photography. Like, for me, I picked music. So I wrote a piece, and I spent the entire year, and I had to, like, log it down in journal entries, and I had to, like, create a presentation for my class, and then create an oral presentation for, like, a panel of judges, and I had to create my scores, and I had to make a whole video performance of my pieces it was like intense like it was a whole year-round thing and I remember like it just was a big spectacle my sophomore year because like everyone was pissed because they actually had to do work I guess their senior year (laughs) but yeah like you that was like a big thing and it happened I guess it was just a Cherokee County thing yeah I didn't have to do it interesting yeah like it was a big thing like i remember that was my senior year like there were some people that did like really cool things where they did like fundraising events for charities some people made alligator but i think their dad made it (laughs) made alligator what does that mean like cooked alligator like cooked alligator yeah they cooked alligator or something because their dad was a chef but i really think that their dad made it because their dad was a really good chef (laughs) interesting some people did stuff like as simple as learning how to bake cakes and like their product was an actual cake and they like brought it into the judging and i guess the judges had cake was this part of like a certain class or was it just like a general senior requirement it was part of your english class like when you were english like whatever english class that you had your teacher would go over the senior project like criteria with you guys and make sure that you're keeping track of everything and yeah it was like a whole thing, like that everyone was prepared for their senior year. That's so strange. I guess it was more for like, okay, like this is something that you guys are gonna do in your careers. And I was like, I don't think I'm gonna do this as a career. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> um, that kind of backfired, but hey, you know, it worked out. So. 
What high school did you go to? I went to Woodstock High School. Oh, Woodstock. Okay. We are Woodstock, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, I made a flute trio, uh, like a classical one that I made, which I look back at it now and I'm like, oh, this looks like a Brubank excerpt. What do you mean? You like composed one? Yeah, I made like I wrote music. I wrote music for flute and I wrote an Oompa Loompa arrangement of the Oompa Loompa song for flute trio. Yeah. It's really fun. That's actually actually impressive for for a high schooler. Sounds awful. <laughs> it could be Patreon content if I find the video. <laughs> <laughs> now that that would make it worth every penny for sure. You should. I think it's like somewhere buried at my parents, like somewhere maybe in my parents' computers or something like that. I would hope, but I did find my senior project. I think I like when I went back home for a few days a couple weeks ago. I went in my closet because I was looking for something, and I found my senior project, and I was like, oh, look at this, and I just put it back in the box and didn't take it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, memories. <laughs> so yeah, I guess like I guess that was a Cherokee County thing, or maybe if you live somewhere in the country and you had a senior project like what we did, I, or else maybe Cherokee County is weird. Apparently, it's a thing. I mean, it's like a, it's a device in the book, so... Yeah, I feel like it was like a project for like, okay, guys, like figure out what you want to do in college. Let's go. And yeah, that's like what it was. So when I saw this like capstone thing, I was like, oh, this is like what we did (laughs) back in 2010. And you're like, I can't wait to talk to everyone and see what their capstone projects were. And then your hopes and dreams were just squashed. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Like, it's fine. Wendy went to Woodstock, so she, she'll know. She did her senior project. <laughs> you can reminisce. Well, welcome to Fiddle and Pipe Podcast. I'm Brittany yeah. Ross. I didn't have to do a capstone for high school. That's Catherine Flincham, who apparently did. Her teachers made her do more work than me for the same degree. <laughs> for the same degree. Same degree. <laughs> Diploma. <laughs> same high school degree. Same high school degree, yeah. <laughs> yes. And with us, we have our old friend... I was about to say guitarist. What are you, vocalist for Concrete Supergun, Mr. Rainer Slay? It's one of the many things I do, yep. Hey, guys. <laughs> Today we are talking about Holly Jackson's A Good Girl's Guide to Murder, part one. So I guess we got the whole capstone thing out of the way. Yeah, I guess we do. Because that's like the first thing that you see, I guess, in the book, which... I didn't realize that, like, there was a whole proposal or something like that. And I was like, oh. And I read that this morning when I was reviewing my notes. I was like, oh, this makes sense with the page in the back. (laughs) Or page two. The supervisor's comments. Because I read the supervisor's comments last night. And I was like, interesting. Why is this here? And then I, like, started reading. But, you know, I'm very observant when I read. So See, I thought this was, she was, like, a college student because of the whole capstone thing. So I'm like, oh, she's a high school student, or sorry, she's a college student. And then I like float to the first chapter and she's like, everyone at this high school knows that you don't go to this house. And I was like, oh, well. Is it because of like at KSU they had capstones for like certain majors, I guess? Because I remember that was a thing. Yeah. And my, both of my sisters had to do them and they weren't music majors. I think that's pretty common for college and grad school. I know like your capstone was like your recital and then this massive paper that we had to do in grad school oh, i never had to do one i just wrote really extensive program notes and that was my 
It had to be like a research paper. Yeah, I know. It but sucked. I didn't have to do that. Yeah. That was from like my orals. <laughs> oh. I think I got pretty lucky. Yeah. Hey, I did a senior project, so okay, like you can't you can't come up and complain to me about it's one step exactly. ahead of us. Yeah. yeah, you did all the work up front. I, I did. At a very young age. So I was looking at this book this morning to kind of like refresh my memory on the section that we were doing and I took a lot of notes but it's only because it's like a murder mystery and you like have to remember so many details dun, dun, dun. I know <laughs> feels like a game it does feel like a game like a whodunit are you guys like kind of figuring out like who are the suspects and like who's what's happening yeah for <laughs> me have you guys listened to the podcast Serial no. No. But is it a true crime podcast? It's a true crime podcast, and the the first season is basically this book. It's oh. a lot of things are very, very similar. And so that's, as I'm reading the book, I find myself conflating or confusing events that happen in the podcast with events that are happening in the book. And I keep wanting to say, well, what about when this happened? Oh, no, wait, that was something that happened in Serial, not the book. And it's very closely related as far as the stuff that's going on. It's it's pretty crazy. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to like listen now. So it's not it's not the book, or it's based on the book. So the book actually, I I actually watched an interview with Holly Jackson, and she said that she basically all she does is consume true crime content, like podcasts, movies, yeah, documentary stuff like that. And she said that this book is not based on any one in particular case it's just sort of a hodgepodge of different elements of stuff that she's just consumed over the years she sort of did her own thing her own take on it yeah well, like i was reading this and i was sitting there and i was like how much detail do you have to like i guess like when you're making a book like this i feel like if i were writing a book like this i would botch it like i would the suspect would be like shown in the first page and be like oops <laughs> or you'd have like a huge loophole yeah but it was it's very intriguing because i know this was like what 11 chapters that we read and i was like yeah. oh crap but like it, i went through it really fast because i was just kind of like okay what's gonna happen next and i guess i kind of feel that way when i do listen to like a true crime episode on a podcast or when I come across like a new docu series on Netflix that's kind of like true crimey, it's kind of like, ooh, what's gonna happen next? I need more. And I think that's what I mean, she does a really good job of writing that so far. And there have been some significant things that happened so far, but I don't think anything big has happened quite yet in these ninety nine pages that we've read. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very fast read. When I come on and talk about these books with you guys on the podcast, I don't like to read past the part that we're talking yeah. about. So I actually had to make myself like slow down and stop and not read as much so that I could, I basically finished chapter 11 last night so that I could be prepared. But I mean, I could have probably blown through the whole thing. I started it like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to read more last night, but I started it last night and I was like, if I read more, then my brain's going to turn to mush. I need to like <laughs> hold myself together. <laughs> There's like a part of me that wants to go on Wikipedia and be like, how does this book finish out but i don't want to do that so i'm going to you, you want to spoil it for yourself i do this all the time i do this with like any series or sometimes if i do read a book and i'm like i really want to see what happens and i've done that before with like a couple but i'm not going to do it with this one i'm not going to spoil it for myself i'm very curious because because you know it is this, this is the first book in i guess a trilogy mm-hmm. and i'm curious does the i guess does the whatever issue she's 
she's looking into right now, does that get resolved in this book? And then the next book is like a new case she's working on? Or do we follow this case through all three books? As a fantasy sci-fi reader, you know, pretty much every fantasy sci-fi book out there is part of a nine-book series or whatever. So I'm used to that, like... Overarching theme. Really immersive. Yeah, everything, Mm -hmm. you know, everything comes to a head at the end of the series versus getting wrapped up in one book and then you move on to something else. Not not that it's bad, but I'm just curious if that's what happens. Yeah, I wonder if it's more like a series of unfortunate events where they have an issue and then it's solved in the book and then the next book they have a different issue kind of thing. She's, like, turning into her own little detective as the series grows. It's funny. I used to not like murder. Or not murder. Sorry. I used to. I hate murder, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I used to not like murder, but now I'm really into it. I just don't like murder. Let me just think. I used to not like mystery books, but last summer, maybe, I don't know, sometime during COVID, maybe it was, like, summer of 2020, I started reading more Dan Brown and then I was just like, huh, I think I like mystery. <laughs> I don't know. I always thought mystery was just like Nancy Drew kind of stuff. I never really read adult mystery books. I, didn't, I guess I didn't realize at the, out, at the outset that this isn't considered, quote unquote, adult. Adult, what's the word? It's, it's YA. It's young adult. It's considered oh, young really? adult. Mm-hmm. And I realized that until I started reading it, I was like, this reads more like young adult. And I started doing some research. And I was like, okay. Because I don't typically read YM. I do, I do some. But so this is uh, just a little bit outside my wheelhouse. But I'm still enjoying it. I'm awaiting, like, the Netflix special of this. Because, like, there were moments where I was, like, reading this. And it felt like I was watching, like, a movie scene or a TV show scene. And I'm like, it, it, there's some moments where it's kind of written out that way. And I was just like, okay. When is the Netflix like series going to show up? Mm-hmm. Like 2024? I'm surprised it's not already because, I mean, it had something right? like 400,000. I don't know the exact number, but it was a, a huge number of reviews and ratings on Goodreads. And its average rating was like 4.2 or something, which is like crazy mm-hmm. good. Uh, so I'm surprised it hadn't been picked up. Does yeah, I feel like anybody... this book just kind of like ballooned out of nowhere. Has anyone like looked it up at all yet? If it's going to be like a... A series or a TV app? No, but we can. It's very possible it's been like optioned and picked up by some studio and they just haven't done anything with it yet. Which yeah. Is pretty pretty typical. Yeah. Oh, on September 5th, 2022, BBC has announced it's adapting Holly Jackson's team crime thriller, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder, as a six-part series. That's cool. Nice. Hmm. So the main character, um, her name is... Pippa fits a Moby, and I definitely kept in my head calling her Peppa, because I like Peppa Pig. Like Peppa Pig? Yeah. <laughs> it's just one letter difference. Fair. Fair. And I was like, that's unfortunate. I mean, that's what you get for being called Pippa. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect? Like, Peppa, Pippa, Pippi? Like, Pippi. it's going to happen. I mean, I think they, she calls her, like, Pep, or sorry, Pip, mostly, in the book. Mm-hmm. Pip. So we have uh, Peppa Pig, who is a high school student who's doing her capstone project, which apparently is a requirement at the school that she goes to. Apparently, that's a thing. I guess only in Cherokee County. <laughs> it is. And wherever Pip is. Uh, Fair... Fairview, Connecticut. Yeah. I kept thinking Fairfield, because Fairfield's a real city in Connecticut. But... Is 
Oh, wait. Is Fairview not a real city? No, I thought that not. was. A... Oh. I looked it up because well. I knew we were going to have a conversation since. Thanks, Holly. You think every place in every book is real? <laughs> well, yeah. And it sounds generic enough to like be a real place. It does. Mm-hmm. And it's Connecticut, so I just assumed, oh, yes. No. Farm town. The faraway mythical land of Connecticut. <laughs> it does seem like a mythical place. There was a missing persons case in her city of a high school student that she wants to do for her capstone project. And the teacher, like, specifically said in her proposal, like, don't do anything that's unethical. Don't contact the family. Don't do all this. And I'm like, she's going to do all of that. She broke all the rules. That's the very first thing she does. Literally the first thing she does. She literally goes to the house in the first chapter. Yeah. Yeah, Like, she just walks off and she's like, hey, can I talk to you about this? Wait, who does she talk to in the first chapter? Ravi. Ravi. Sal's brother. How do, how do you pronounce their last name? Sal Singh? I was saying Singh. Singh? Oh, I didn't. It's Indian. Singh. Yeah, I was yeah. saying Singh. Sal Singh. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I was like thinking in my head. Wasn't sure. She says that her thesis is how to like report on how media played a huge role in portraying Sal as the killer, uh, regardless of his innocence or guilt. But we all have a sneaking suspicion that that's not her motive. And she basically lays it out in the first chapter that that's not her motive. Because she Mm -hmm. goes up to the door of their house and Ravi, who's uh, Sal's brother, answers it. And she's like, can I ask you some questions? And he's like, what about? And she's like, it's about your brother. I don't think he did it. And then it's like, cliffhanger, on to the next thing. Right? Oh, here's like... A log of her, like, her journal entry, which we did have to do for senior project, like, (laughs) progress. I do actually like that, how that's laid out in the book. It's, like, a regular, like, chapter and then, like, an interview or a blog post or something, like, how how it's broken up like that. It's almost like mixed media Mm -hmm. format. I I guess, like, for me, sometimes my attention span when I read, like, when I read, if the words are just, like, a lot on a page, I'll zone out. But kind of, like, having that broken up kind of, like, intrigues me a little bit more. Like, oh, like, I can get to know what's happening a little bit more with the case. Which is, like, kind of fun. <laughs> I like, too, that they're different sure. perspectives. Because, like, the capstone logs are basically her journal entries. So it's written from Pip's perspective. But then you have big chapters mm-hmm. that are written from, I guess, third person perspective. It's interesting because you get, like, different insights on what's going on, like, her head, Mm -hmm. her, like, internally, what's going on with her versus, like, what's going on not internally, I guess. So, basically, we just find out, like, more in her first log, like, what the whole case is about. It's about a girl named Andy Bell, and she's hot. That's what I wrote down. (laughs) Andy Bell is hot. The end. She has to be. (laughs) (laughs) And blonde, too, right? Hot and blonde. She's uh, Regina George, basically. Yeah, I actually said yeah, that in my notes exactly. later. I was like, I'm getting yes. really real Regina George vibes. Mm-hmm. And the the more we read, the more we find out she actually probably is yes. like Regina George. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Mean Girls is coming out. The mean Girls is so yeah. coming out. She was last seen by her little sister around 1030 at night. And it tracks because I guess there's a street cam footage that shows her car driving away from their house at 1040. Police said that her appearance, or sorry, appearance, (laughs) her appearance was completely out of character. Her disappearance was completely out of character. And apparently her parents were at a dinner party and she was supposed to pick them up at 1245, which seems late as hell 
for a dinner party, I'd be like, pick me up at nine. Why can't her parents Uber? Maybe they're drunk. Well, yeah, but they can Uber home. Don't make your kid go out and do that. Like, Uber home. What year was this written? 2014. This was like set in 2014. Okay. The Uber definitely existed in 2014. <laughs> I'm you pretty prob- sure. You are probably right. Uber was not as popular though. Should I Google that? When when was when did Uber become a thing? True, I used. Yeah, I did not use Uber as much. I remember it was around, but I was like pretty sketch about it. I was like, I don't know. I think her parents are rich and they know that Uber exists, and they're like, oh no, let's let Andy do it. She can drive in the middle of the night and <clears throat> pick us up. I just can't imagine anyone wanting to leave a dinner party at twelve forty-five. Like that's so late. <laughs> <laughs> are they still awake? I'm like, why are you still awake? This Uber started in 09. Uh, however, it didn't come, saying here, it didn't come, because we're in Atlanta, it didn't come to Atlanta until 2012. So, but by 2014, I would imagine it was... It was when did it go to Fairview, Connecticut? <laughs> the fictional place. Uh, considering that's not a real place, <laughs> I'm guessing it never did. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, maybe it's not realistic. Yeah, not realistic. <laughs> They could have at least called a taxi. My ass would be in bed. Like, 12.45. Also, like, a dinner party. You don't host till 12.45 at night. Like, that's so... I don't know. That was the first cue to me where I was like, something's weird about this. Also, too, maybe... I don't know. Maybe I'm jumping ahead because I think this hat, we find this info out a few chapters later. But wasn't she supposed to be, like, staying home to take care of her mm-hmm. sister? Yeah. So why are they expecting her to leave and come pick them up if she's supposed to be there taking care? That, I don't know, it's weird. Oh, I didn't even draw that conclusion. That's weird. I just find it weird that, like, she was supposed to pick them up at 1245. Like, they expected to be there till 1245. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you get to the dinner party first? Again, why don't you take a taxi home or an Uber home? Like, y'all are... Definitely grown adults. Like, don't make your kid do that. If you're too capable adults. Yeah, exactly. But I already find it sus anyway, so just say it. So apparently when she didn't show up, her parents started calling around and seeing if anyone knew where she was, and they reported her missing at 3 a.m. So whatever mm-hmm. happened to her happened between 1040 and 1245, which is a large window. That is assuming... Obviously, we don't know this yet. This is just pure speculation on my point, but that's assuming that when her car was videoed at whatever 10 o'clock, that's assuming that she was driving Oh, it. that's true. I mean, something could have happened before then, and someone could have... Taken her car. Taken her true. car, yeah. Rainer's already yeah. solving this, and I'm just big dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've quite gotten there yet. Well, he listened to that podcast, so he's on top of it more <laughs> than we are. Yeah, also, I may be conflating stuff with... with uh, cereal well i'm also really hooked on the fact that they were leaving someone's house at 12 45 and how late that'd be and i wouldn't have time for my cup of calm tea in bed and snuggle with bartok <laughs> i think that's just what i'm focused on what dinner party i usually pass out at nine so i'd be just passed out at 12 45 they're like Catherine, wake up the uber's here <laughs> your daughter is here to bring you home <laughs> that's me <laughs> i would just be asleep yeah, she has an interview with Angela Johnson from the Missing Persons Bureau where they're basically just going over what the police protocol is of someone who's reported missing. And I feel like most of it is just kind of like common sense where they go to the scene and they make sure you're not hiding somewhere. And then they progressively escalate as they need to. 
Also, I thought the missing person statistics at the end of that section were really interesting because she's like, God, I should have marked us. It's on page 10. Thanks, Catherine. (sighs) You're welcome. 80% of missing people are found in the first 24 hours. 97% are found in the first week and 99% of cases are resolved in the first year. That leaves 1%. 1% of people are never found. Is that true? I don't think if it takes over a year to find you, that doesn't mean you're never found. I just felt like it was, it kind of capped off at a year. So basically not, not 1% of people are not found within one year is basically. What they- yeah. I feel like that wording would have been mm-hmm. better because I'm sure there have yeah. been cases where people are found. I do wonder if that's a little bit of foreshadowing. I think it is. Maybe that she's not actually that she's not actually dead. That she's not actually maybe she's mm-hmm. missing from like her family, but like she's out there somewhere. I don't know. No, I definitely agree with you because I was thinking the same. Like when I was rereading these like facts this morning, I was sitting there and I was like, the only reason if she was like bringing this up now, the only reason is she's probably is alive and she's at point what two five percent. Yeah, the fact that they never found a body is like. Huge red flag there. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Hmm. Interesting. They say later that they waited 18 months and then declared her dead. I thought you had to wait like seven years to declare someone legally dead. I thought it was a lot longer. But is that if they've... <sighs> if you don't find a body, I think you need to wait like a few years. Maybe they declared it super early because of the blood and the evidence. That's what I was thinking. But also, this is, like, a fictional town with a fictional, like, PI, like, or investigative department, mm-hmm. and they're probably not that bright, and they're probably just like, oh, yeah, like, this was totally done, because we actually have a suspect. So, maybe, like, that's why they declared her dead so early? They're, like, based on evidence, she's dead. She mentioned something. She had some, the way she worded it was like they, they like, rushed it through or were able to get it done very quickly or something. Like, she meant that, that it was worded that way to make it seem as though it was done quicker than usual mm-hmm. there could have been a bribes that happened like within you know private parties to like the authorities you never know like yeah how high up does this thing go there there are some sus things that i noticed throughout these 11 <laughs> chapters that i was like hmm, okay <laughs> i think i'm getting an idea of what's going to happen in part two and three we'll need to we'll need to give at the end our yeah. what we think is going to happen yeah. I'm just going to be still hooked on the 1245 dinner pickup, so. Um. <laughs> Note to self, Brittany does not stay pa- awake past 1245. That's just so long to be at someone's house at a dinner party. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, what time did that party start if they're ending at 1245? 9 p.m.? 10 p.m.? That's what I'm saying. Like, if you go to someone's house for a dinner party, you go at, what, 5, 6? And you normally are done at, like, 8? Nine, maybe if they're like good friends and it's not like coworkers or something. It depends how much you're drinking too, and if you have any games or any events, show. I guess I don't know what people do at dinner parties. <laughs> I guess, but they were just like it's in the middle yeah. of April, so it's not like it's the Super Bowl or New Year's. <laughs> the Super Bowl. I don't know. I'm just thinking of like reasons I would stay up late. It's not like it's something super fancy and important like the Super Bowl. Maybe there was a late night hockey game going on. Maybe they were watching a a soccer game that was live in Japan. <laughs> Maybe it's the Olympics. 
No, there's not Spring Olympics. No. The World Cup just happened. That happens during the summer most of the time. Maybe they were waiting for the Easter Bunny. Who knows? Maybe. It's in April. Maybe they were up for mass for Easter. Yeah. Who knows? That's a thing, I think. I mean, yes. Mass is a thing, yeah. Yeah, mass is a thing. Mass is a thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, chapter two. <laughs> I wrote there's just, it's just an intro to her family. I put down a tab for like when her stepdad is like, hey, Pickle, do you guys watch Shaun of the Dead? Yeah. I've seen Shaun of the Dead. I've seen Shaun of the Dead, yeah. And it just reminded me of his mom because like his mom says, hello, Pickle. <laughs> and <laughs> like I read it and I just had this old lady voice stuck in my head whenever his dad talks. <laughs> so that was my little like blurb like, oh, just reminds me of Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. The capstone log two, we find out that Andy's BFFs were Emma Hutton and Chloe Birch. AKA Gretchen Wieners and Karen, whatever her last name is. <laughs> Don't remember. Sal's alibi, apparently, for the night that uh, What's Her Face was murdered was that he was hanging out at his friend Max's house with uh, Naomi, Jake, and Millie. Um, and he told the police that he left at 12.15 and he walked home and his dad confirmed that he arrived around 12.50, which Pippa said that that tracked because it takes about 30 minutes to walk between the two locations. And the friends all confirmed the alibi. So everything is good. Seems good. But then shit hits the fan. Ruh-ro. So this was on like Friday night, Saturday morning. On Tuesday, his friends told the police that they lied. And that Sal actually left Max's house around 1030. And then Sal sent a confession text to his dad. And then he killed himself. Well, we think it's a confession text. But it was, like, I think it's, I feel like it's just vague enough to be so like, was it? It seems like it because of the circumstances, but was it? Yeah, it was like a quote unquote confession text. It was like he overdosed on sleeping pills and he suffocated with a plastic bag. Asphyxiated. Yeah, mm-hmm. like plastic bag wrapped around his like neck with a rubber band. And I was sitting there and I'm like, the the sleeping pills, that definitely sounds like a... S- Overdose makes sense. Yes, but the whole plastic bag situation was like, I feel like that's a murder thing. <laughs> I feel like someone did that. It seems like a weird way to kill yourself. Exactly, yes. That's what I found suspicious. I think a lot of it is suspicious, but I can't see like taking a handful of sleeping pills and you like as you're passing out, you tie the bag around your head, and then you're obviously if you pass out, you're not awake to like claw it off of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is getting really more really morbid really fast. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we expected this, but true crime. Yeah, true crime, or suddenly a Hooray. true crime podcast. <laughs> yes, we are investigators. <laughs> then they found Andy's car on Wednesday. So they said that they had enough evidence at that point to basically state that Sal was the killer. Because they found a lot of blood. Yeah, they found his phone. Or sorry, they found her phone on him. They found traces of her blood under his nails. And they found her blood in the trunk of the car. And they found his fingerprints in the car. And obviously he's dead. They said that if he was alive, they'd have enough evidence to like take him to court. And have a trial, but since he's not. I have something about the car. Why is the car finally found now? Just saying. I mean, sometimes it takes some time to find a car, doesn't it? 
uh-uh, I was looking at that map. There's no way that map and that car were not found. Where was the car? I gotta look at my map. Uh, yeah, let's just wait. It's in chapter three, I think. Okay. Well, actually, this is chapter three, so maybe this actually happens now. Well, I, th- I don't think this is chapter three. I think this is, like, capstone three. Chapter three is just an intro to mm-hmm. Kara and Lauren, who are Pip's BFFs. More filler in content. And then capstone three. That's the only bad thing about the mixed media format is that it gets a little dicey on, like, where you are in the book. Well, the capstone's always at the end of the chapter, from what I've noticed. Like, at least there's some consistency where it's, like, the first half is, like, plot development, like, character development. It seems different later in the book, because between chapters, like, six and eight or nine, there were no capstone things, and then suddenly it skips, like, five capstone things yeah because we need more plot development we need more spiciness oh okay i got it so move the plot forward i got it yeah i read more you think i'd catch on to these things but i didn't (laughs) (laughs) but like big dumb was there anything significant that you guys noticed with this plot development like lauren breaks up with her boyfriend and she's crying and they have like a bunch of friends and that's all it really is i think it's just an introduction to them Okay. Well, then um, we get that interview with Stanley Forbes. That was like the first thing that popped up. Oh, the newspaper <laughs> guy? He's like yeah. a racist asshole. Basically page 26. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of gaslighting, a lot of racism, discrimination. I was like, oh, how wonderful. Yeah. He's a real piece of work. I mean, you yeah, know, um... he wasn't white, so he got to be guilty. <laughs> Basically. Mm-hmm. And then we get a map on the like page 28, I wrote, of Pippa's projections of the crime scene. And this just makes no sense to me. Looking at the map and how simple it is, like, there's no other streets. There's not a lot of streets. And it was said that the car was, like, parked on the main road, right? On the main road. Where, like, was it hiding in the bushes was it hiding in the forest like where was this car parked that's what i'm like wondering Mm -hmm. i wonder if it was like parked off to the side or something or maybe hidden so you're saying that maybe it wasn't around maybe yeah maybe he didn't kill her on his way home from max's park the car and then go Mm -hmm. home and then it was just sitting there for two days maybe it got put there later. Just planted. Either by him, if he is the killer, or, which would be weird and wouldn't make any sense at right. all, or was planted there by some third party who is doing shenanigans to add some more evidence to point towards Sal, saying, yeah, he's totally the killer. See? Mm-hmm. See the car there? Yeah. And also, like, if this girl was missing, wouldn't there be something about the car as well? Like, hey, like, she might be in this, like... 2014 like oh yeah like last scene driving this vehicle exactly i feel like that's very common in missing person cases like they were last seen in this car especially considering the parents would also need to report like the car is like stolen property exactly Uh, i mean if they think that she drove off in the car then it wouldn't be stolen property i guess unless unless maybe some sort of technicality where the car's in their name even though it was Andy's car, so technically it could. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she's a. Well, she was a minor, so it would technically. But wouldn't that help with, like, the search? That's what like, I was thinking. With, like, contacting, like, other police, like, units out 
of this fictional Connecticut. Yeah, more information about, like, the plates and stuff out to different, like, jurisdictions other than missing persons unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is what I thought. <laughs> you said unit. I'm just a violinist. Like, I really don't know anything about this. <laughs> We're learning how to become detectives as our second career, <laughs> possibly. So far, not going well. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was really suspicious about the car, like, how it showed up the day after he's, like, dead. And so I was just like, hmm, interesting. I don't know. I feel like the car was not around for a while, and then it was found. And that's just my prediction. Yeah. Like, someone is setting this up. I agree that's sus. It also seems sus that they found the car, and then he killed himself. The timing's just kind of strange. Pretty much everything about Sal's body being found and everything just seems as though it was planted on him, especially when we know that he was like apparently an extremely intelligent guy, was like taking college courses or like some sort of entrance something to get into Yale. Yeah. Of course, then again, you think if he sent a confession text to his dad and like want people to know, hey, I did this, I'm sorry, and I'm now I'm killing myself because of this, and here's some evidence to let you get to give you guys some closure to know that she is dead. I'm gonna put her phone on me and her blood so that I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Hmm. No, you're not, because like I was just like sitting there and I'm like, this kid seems like he was really smart. Yeah, he just seemed like a really good kid. Like why would he want to like murder? someone yeah he didn't really seem like there's no i mean besides the fact that he's the significant other he doesn't really seem to have like a clear-cut motive to kill her no yeah yet yeah that we know of we are only in part one of the book and there also is there also some potentially damning stuff that we find out a little bit later in this section about the we'll get there that's true we should probably keep moving (laughs) yeah so in the interview with stanley forbes we find out that the police think that she was killed somewhere else and brought with the car to somewhere else based on like the blood pooling and stuff and apparently he said that the police found a death threat in her locker before uh she went missing and apparently they weren't allowed to print it. So maybe that's a red herring. Maybe it's a real thing. Who knows? It's not mentioned. If they were, like, not allowed to print it? Yeah. Because okay. it might be too much, like, he said, she said kind of thing. And they also don't talk about it in the rest of this part. So I'm kind of wondering if that's, like, a little misleading section that was thrown in. Something that, like, shows up later, maybe? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. It also seems weird that they left their respective places at the same time yeah but apparently mm-hmm. there's no records of them communicating to meet up and especially like not on the main street like why didn't they just arrange why didn't she go pick him up or something yeah yeah that is weird that they both sal left max's at 10 andy seemingly left her house at 10 there was a missed call earlier in the night, I guess, Yeah. Mm-hmm. from Andy to Sal, but they didn't look like they actually ever spoke. Mm-hmm. And then we have um, an interview with Robbie. Again. Again. Oh, I liked how on page 32 he said, don't trust anyone that drinks their coffee black or something like that. Do you drink your coffee black? 
No. Never. I think I agree with that statement. Don't trust anybody who drinks their coffee black. David drinks his coffee black. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Need to it to all of you. We can't trust. We can't trust David anymore. Sorry, David. All Wait, right. I thought there was a point like that you drank your coffee black for a little bit, Brittany. Didn't you? Once upon a time? No. <sighs> I feel like you did one time. I do if there's nothing around, but I hate it. It's not good. Yeah, it's like if I absolutely have to, I will. Because I'm going to drink that coffee, but no. Yeah, no, need something. I've gotten to a point where I don't need to put sugar in it. I can just put like a little bit of cream, but it's just too... It just tastes like hot bean water without anything in it. <laughs> hot bean juice. Ew. <laughs> like, no, thank you. That's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie said that Sal seemed fine on Saturday morning until he heard about um, Andy's disappearance. And then he was super distraught and just stayed home and kept calling her repetitively. Like 112 times, or what? I forget what the number was. It's like a, mm-hmm. bunch, a bunch. It was 112. You're right. I hope he has unlimited. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Stairs are probably like, why is the AT&T bill so high this month? It was on the weekend, so it'd be, it'd be all right. Are you guys old enough to remember the nights and weekends thing? Where you could, like, only call on the nights and weekends? Because that's when you could, that's when the... Yeah, it was, like, after 9 p.m. Wait, really? So mad yeah, it was, like, when we yeah, were in middle school. Probably before I got a cell phone. I remember when I got my first cell phone that it cost money per text that you sent. Yeah. So I couldn't text anybody. But I could call people. My parents used to be pissed if I had phone calls, like, before nine. and Oh, my God. How did we live? I guess we had landlines. Well, AIM. I went on AIM. (laughs) Or Yahoo Messenger. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Just had to bribe my parents to telling them, like, I'm not going to talk to strangers. I'm just going to talk to my friends. And I did talk to my friends, mom. I remember I would send emails to my friends. I don't think I ever, I don't think I sent my first email until I was in college, probably. Really? Wait, what? That's that's probably an exaggeration, but I don't, remember, I don't remember emailing at all when I was, when I was, like, high school age. I don't, I'm pretty, I don't I know. I remember getting an email and being really connected with the internet and being like, I have an email. Yeah. But I never did anything with it. Now it's my spam email, so. How did I communicate? Because texting wasn't even really a thing until I graduated high school. Zanga? I mean, it was like, it like, it like existed, but I didn't have MySpace? it. MySpace? I had a, my, I had a MySpace page for sure. And I, How did you talk to people, Brainer? I guess like smoke signals. <laughs> in person? Passing notes in the hall. <laughs> yeah, in, in person. I don't know what that means. IRL. In real life? What is that? Are you trying to relate to us younger millennials, Rainer? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, gosh. What a time. Uh, Ravi lets slip, but uh, Andy didn't have the best relationship with her dad, which is like, hmm, interesting. And he said that he doesn't really know too Not much. Not surprised. Yeah, he's like, I don't really know too much about it, but occasionally when she was over, she would just kind of say things that made me think that there was something going on. Oh, he also mentions that, like, did she do things that probably would, like, want to punish somebody else, I guess? that Yeah, didn't he say that, like, she only does stuff that's, like, deliberate? Like, she's a very deliberate person. She doesn't, like, mm-hmm. just do things. That's what I kept seeing, like, the word deliberate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is how we're going to describe Andy Bell. Hot and deliberate. 
He also says that Naomi, who's actually Kara's sister, was apparently in love with Sal. And I only feel the need to mention that because it does come up again. It does show up a little suspicious. Like, oh. Yeah. I mean, we do also do find out that, like, Pip has a little bit of an interest in this because Sal was always nice to her and, like, helped cheer her up after she was bullied by giving her a candy bar or something small like that. I don't know. Super nice. He's an older friend of her best friend's sister mm-hmm. or something, and he's just being a nice guy to a kid. Friend. It's like a friend of a friend kind of thing. Yeah. We also find out in the next uh, cap log that Andy's dad is now divorced and apparently married to, like, a younger, hotter woman. He's hot. Apparently. And everyone's hot. She said that she watched the interviews that they gave after, I want to say, like, her kidnapping, but that's not right, after she disappeared and then after she was murdered and apparently just, like, the way that he was talking and acting just seemed something, there was something a little bit off. Yeah, he would, like... Mm -hmm. Apparently cut off the, the either the mom or the stepmom before she could, I guess, say too much. And then he would, at some point she said that his little, her, Andy's little sister, I guess, would, like, be scared of the way he looked mm-hmm. at her or something. And, like, the voice mm-hmm. cracks seem too, like, artificial. Yeah. Like, being yeah. upset. And he used, like, was in, like, past tense, like, referring to her in some way. Yeah. She was a part of our family or something. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's a little weird. Which I definitely have seen in, like, documentaries before with, like, actual real-life cases where people have said stuff like that. Like, it just, like, kind of slips and you're just, like, you don't really notice it. And then they're like, but then this happened. And I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah. I watched that. I paid attention to that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now he's the first on her person of interest list. Jason Bell. Chapter five, we have an interview with Naomi, who is like mentally fragile because her mom died, I guess, like several years ago. And she has like crippling anxiety from that. And she like just recently recovered. And then she like moved out and got a job and then she lost her job. So then she's moving back home with her parents or something. Well, also, her best friend died. Like, that was, like, one thing that wasn't yeah. mentioned. I'm like, you forgot to mention that your best friend was dead? Yeah, committed suicide, like, five years ago. I can see how there's some anxiety there. I, I've never experienced this. I can see how a death of a parent could be, like, very detrimental. But, like, that and her best friend's, like, death definitely wouldn't feel good. Yeah. I just, like, thought that was interesting how she, like, left that out. I was like, What? Maybe I'm getting into it too much. Apparently, Naomi also, I guess, was into Sal, maybe? Like, mm-hmm. more than friends, kind of? Yeah. So, she also had, because of that, I guess, maybe had some, not beef with, but just, like, didn't like Andy. That's kind of what she says in the interview. She's just like, I never really yeah. had a good feeling about her. She always wanted to pick fights with over the littlest things, like, not responding to text fast enough and then also like apparently like whenever she would pick fights with him sal would just like ignore her i don't think that's a healthy relationship at all which is why it's a high school relationship Mm -hmm. and these people either need to grow up and learn how to be in a relationship or just break up and learn as they go with somebody else hopefully but i mean they're also high schoolers like that's when you learn these things high school and college 
Yeah, I was like reviewing it this morning. I was like, this is not a healthy relationship. And this is why they're in high school. Naomi said that Sal was uh, about the alibi. She said that he was nervous that the police were going to suspect him and asked his friends to lie so they could concentrate on finding her instead of looking at him, which was like obviously a dead end. She also said that night, Sal just kind of like said he wasn't feeling hanging out so he just kind of openly left and she's like yeah we were all like drinking and playing games and like taking pictures and just having fun just vibing well she also mentions that he mentioned a disagreement with andy yeah that night she's like oh well he also mentioned this and yeah he left at 10 30 mm-hmm. and i'm like oh how convenient of you <laughs> yeah yes. this is weird to me because apparently he asked them to lie about what time he left but none of them asked him like hey dude where were you actually like andy's missing and you have asked us to lie to the police and you were gone for two hours like can you at least tell us where you actually were so that we know that not even necessarily that so they know he didn't kill her but like just i I would want to know that like okay yeah maybe maybe i will lie to the police but like where were you? What were you yeah. doing? Like, talk to me. Give me something here. Exactly. Yeah. Because we see this a lot. Like, Pip will ask, like, the people that she interviews, do you think that he's guilty? And so far, like, I think, like, Naomi says it too. Like, she doesn't believe that he would ever, like, kill anybody because he's, like, the nicest guy. I get that your judgment, if, you like, it's your best friend and you don't think that your best friend did anything like i totally get it or is capable of that but yeah but just ask like where were you <laughs> like what's up what happened at 10 30 yeah i would find it really weird if like either of you asked me for an alibi and i didn't know like where y'all were it'd be like uh yeah i'm yeah. asking some questions i'm not saying i won't do it necessarily depending on who who it is you know my bff but i want to know more details yeah. please Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least make my conscience feel better. <laughs> yes. So then she has an interview with uh, Max, who's the friend whose house that she was at. And Max says a lot of things that are completely the opposite as Naomi, which is like really... This is kind of when I was like, something's not right. Because he says that mm-hmm. Sal might have been a little bit more quiet than usual, but he was acting pretty normal. Like, didn't mention that there was any kind of argument between him and Andy and apparently, like, Naomi went upstairs for most of the time that he was over. Yeah, she was, like, missing. Yeah, like, MIA for, like, an hour and a half or something. And he didn't notice. He was too busy playing Halo on his Xbox. Yeah, and she said that they were all hanging out. So it's, like, something's not right. I mean, I can understand, like, maybe your point of reference is a little weird if, like, you're all kind of drinking and stuff. But I feel like you don't overlook that. Also, they're remembering this from five years earlier. So That's also true. You know, it's okay if you're not going to get everything exactly right. But I don't know. You would also think that if this is an evening that where some, you know, the night before your best friend, not your best friend, but your best friend's girlfriend goes missing. And then two days later, he commits suicide. Like you think this would stand out in your mind a little more around the stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. And he also said that Sal didn't make a big show about leaving. He just kind of, like, slipped out quietly, which is another thing that's, like, in direct contrast to what Naomi said. So after this, she puts Naomi on her person of interest list, which I was like, oh, really? Because that's, like, her best friend's sister. 
Well, I was kind of thinking it when Ravi was saying in his interview that she was kind of like in love with him. And I already, I, I just put her on my suspect list because I was like, okay, like someone that's obsessed with the person that's dead, they're on the list. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm, and I'm totally calling, I'm totally calling some sort of drama going down between Pip and Kara later on in the book because Kara's going to see. Yes that Naomi's name is on the list. She's going to be like, that's my sister. And it's going to be some sort of teenage spat going on. Some friendship breakups. I predict that. There was such an emphasis on um, how deep Kara and Pip's relationship so goes deep. in that chapter that they were uh, introducing them. Like how they've been friends since they were like six and they helped each other through like traumatic shit. And I'm like, hmm. She has a mug with her name on it at their house. Yeah. I was like, this is all cute and all, but I feel like there's going to be some some drama here. Oh, yeah. Chapter six, there's that whole incident at the grocery store. She's at the grocery store with her mom and sees Ravi. Mm -hmm. He's getting his gallon of milk. Half a gallon of milk. Half gallon. And the cashier's (laughs) like, I don't want to take your money. No, she didn't want to touch him. Yeah. And I was like, what? This is so weird to me. And then so she like publicly tries to stand up for him and he's just like embarrassed by all of it. And at this point, I kind of thought that like maybe this is going to turn into like a love story of theirs, but I still feel like that might go in either direction. It's a young adult thing, so. Did she, I'm, I'm trying to recall specifics here. Did she not want to touch him because he's the brother of the murderer or did she not want to touch him because he's not a white person and she's racist what what was the i think it's more of the former okay yeah she says it's on page 57 excuse me leslie pip read out from the cashier's name tag i asked you if you had a problem yeah the woman said i don't want him touching me that's what the cashier said yeah it doesn't really like kind of it doesn't really like say other than that i was just thinking like because yeah he was the brother of a convicted murderer. Not convicted. I'm going to say convicted with Not convicted, but quotes. <laughs> alleged. suspected and... Uh, alleged murderer, yeah. Yeah, convicted by the uh, the court of popularity. The fake Fairview <laughs> Connecticut population. Yeah, I thought it was... I thought it was less of a race thing and more of a guilty by association. The first journalist definitely made that a race thing, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Then we have an interview with Elliot Ward, who is um, Kara and Naomi's dad, and that's when he says that Sal was planning on going to Yale, because I guess he's a history teacher at their high school, and Sal wanted to do some, like, history thing at Yale. And then we have chapter seven. Ravi goes over to Pip's house and basically tells her that he tried to do what she's doing and, like, unsolve, like, solve the case. Uh, he's too close to it, and I just put it out. No one really wanted to talk to him about it and anything. So he's like, I want to help you try to solve this, like, however I can. So Pip lists her four theories of what she thinks happened. I liked this part. I liked it, too. <laughs> the first part is, or sorry, the first theory is that a third party killed Andy and Saul was an accessory, like, made to bury the body or something and then he killed himself because he was guilty second one is a third party killed andy and saul wasn't aware or involved in his suicide was 
from grief or from life stress or unrelated. The third one is that third party killed Andy and and Sal and planted evidence on Sal to make him look guilty. And the fourth one is that Andy is alive, she killed Sal, and then she disappeared. Three and four are on my list. I think three and four are on my list, too. Three and four are obviously the juiciest options. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it kind of stick into the Andy's alive. Maybe theory four is more, like, accurate, because, I mean, that 0.25%, you don't bring that up <laughs> at the beginning of the book. But I don't know. We are also getting, like, little setups implying that maybe not everything about her life was, like, as clear-cut, and maybe she... You know, is a little bit more vicious of a person than like we thought she was. I feel like she's more than just hot. So that way, I feel like it's leading you to think that that's the case, and that's making me think that maybe it's not the case. I might be overthinking this. I think she's more than just hot. At this point, I don't think you are. I think all options are on the table at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So Ravi gives uh, her Saul's phone. His iPhone five. <laughs> His little cinder block. I don't think she really finds anything in it that we haven't known previously. We find out that there was like a note, wasn't there? Other than like the text. And the, yeah, the like what seems to be a license plate number. Which yeah. We don't have any context mm-hmm. for. But also there was like a text message that he sent her. She called him right before nine. But didn't he send her a text some- saying something like... He missed her call and then he texted and said, I'm not talking to you till you stop. Yeah. It makes me think stop drinking, honestly. That's kind of what I thought of. I was like, is she drunk calling? I was thinking something different. I was thinking they probably had like an altercation before anything happened. Mm-hmm. Like before he showed up at his friend's house. It made me think that they got in disagreement because... It said earlier that whenever she did pick fights with him, that he would just, like, do the silent treatment. And it makes me think that he purposely, like, missed that call and then texted her, like, hey, like, like, I'm texting you this to, like, get the message that I'm not going to answer unless you, like, chill. <laughs> chill out. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why <laughs> he is all sad in Naomi's point of view at the party. Suspicions. I don't know. It's just my theory right there. But I thought that was interesting. We also see the text that he sent to his dad. And there's a big discrepancy between how that text is written versus how he normally texts. Because he doesn't use punctuation. Yeah. And the text to his dad, that's the confession text, quote unquote, is punctuated. So it's kind of like, was it written by someone else? Or what happened with that? Say, like, I did it. It was me. I did it. I'm so sorry, is what it says. There's the clue right there. <laughs> Punctuation. A clue, a clue. Also, one other thing I ju- that just popped in my mind about how he was found with either blood on his hands or under his fingernails. Mm-hmm. It seems very strange to me that, that over the course of what three or four days, however long it is, that he never washed his hands, his hands <laughs> or did anything. It makes it seem as though the blood was planted on his fingers. And it's only under, like, two fingers, I think, isn't it? It's like his thumb and his, like, middle finger or something. It wasn't all of his fingers on... Either that or the Andy killed him theory is right and he, like, 
got it on his hands as she was he was like struggling with her maybe defense move or defense yeah. uh like possibly self defense markings or whatever hmm perhaps yeah. they think that uh sal was alone because there's no other reason why he would need a fake alibi wasn't there something where his brother's like i think he was just sitting on a bench playing angry birds <laughs> Yeah, they were like, what if he was just sitting on a bench and playing Angry Words? Like, he can't really tell the police that without arousing suspicion. Or what if he was doing something else that he doesn't want people knowing about? Maybe not killing her, but something else entirely. Yeah. Doing drugs or... Playing with this pickle. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, pickle. Sorry. Now I want pickles. Not... Not that. I, I want real dill pickles, mm. please. Right. Uh-huh. Mm. I love pickles. Is Woody there, Catherine? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, he made pickles, and we're not oh. eating. I, I'm sorry. I had, like, a whole, like, what I really want right now. Are... You had a whole pickle, Catherine? Nice. Dill pickle chip. <laughs> you got pickles on the brain. They also talk about the fingerprints in the car, and I wanted to talk about this because I was thinking of this when they were talking about the fingerprints as evidence. I was like, can fingerprints be dated? And they're like... Yeah, the fingerprints are in the car because, you know, he's her boyfriend and you can't really date fingerprints. And I'm like, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Interesting. You would expect to find his fingerprints in her car. Yeah. Yeah. But did they find any other set of fingerprints in her car or was it just his and hers? Family members, like the mom, dad, and sister. Okay. So basically everyone that you would expect, you know, to be in and around the car. I was just, like, wondering if I, like, missed that. Like, oh, we found, like, a set of DNA that wasn't Mm -hmm. anybody that we know. (laughs) So she manages to get hold of Emma, who, if you remember from a while ago, is, or I guess was one of Andy's BFFs. She's Karen (laughs) in the Mean Girls trilogy. She is. She is Karen. She says that Sal and Andy were fighting at school on Thursday and Friday, which is weird. And Andy actually had plans to stay home and watch her sister, which y'all were hinting to earlier because her sister I guess was hospitalized for harming herself so she had to be watched and she couldn't be left alone which is weird that her parents wanted to be picked up from a party yeah it doesn't make any sense no it doesn't this was like the hint where it was like okay like definitely she wasn't supposed to be out this made me more suspicious of her dad so yes that's why I was like this doesn't really add up yeah something's off and she says that Andy's friendship was toxic, and this is when I said uh, she gives off real Reg- Regina George vibes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And she's like, it's literally everything you know about Regina George is kind of like Andy. Like, she's the popular yeah. queen bee. She's always, like, really catty and casually putting people down, and everything's like a competition for her affection kind of thing. She doesn't sound like a pleasant person to be friends with. Yeah, and she was like, I was only friends with her because she, like, made me feel special, like, when she, like, paid attention to me or gave me the slightest bit of attention. Right. I was just like, wow. So she was hot and a bitch. So <laughs> She's a hot bitch. And very deliberate. So <laughs> three adjectives right there to describe Andy Bell. Yes. Oh, there was something that I thought was interesting, too, when she was saying something. And I don't know if maybe I'm just thinking too much of it. But Emma did mention something about no one deserves to be murdered and put in a hole. I don't think Andy is dead. I And I'm just going to say it now. I don't think she's dead. But it did make me kind of, like, suspicious. Like, why would you say that? Mm-hmm. 
Like, why would you say no one deserves to be <clears throat> murdered and put in a hole? But didn't she also say that Andy was, like, kind of a bitch and Sal was really sweet? And she's like, yeah, I could see why Sal would, like, snap and kill her. Yeah. She did. Which I was like, that's kind of a weird thing yeah. to say. Yeah, that is weird. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought the murder on the whole thing because I was like, do you know something? How do you know she's <laughs> in a hole? <laughs> exactly. Why did her dad say was instead of is? You know, I don't think these characters know punctuation or past, present, and future tense clauses. Like, I think they need to redo their grammar. I mean, I do too sometimes, but I think this town needs to brush, like, brush up on their grammar <laughs> if they're definitely innocent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have just saying. we have an interview with Chloe next. Who's Gretchen Wieners? <laughs> Her hair is full of secrets. What? That's from Mean Girls. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember that one. <gasps> I've only seen it once. I've only seen it once. Okay, well, that was like a year ago, so we need to watch it again. Yeah. I guess it's considered a holiday film also. I don't know. I, I could was see that. Scrolling. Well, they do the, the Christmas dance part, yeah. There's yeah. also like a Halloween part, too. I think it goes throughout like the whole school year. Yeah, it does. So, yeah, and it ends at prom, so. Yeah. It's definitely a nice family film. I mean, it's a movie you can watch at any time of year. Let's be honest. Anytime. Anytime. The interview doesn't go well. She, Chloe's like super defensive and skeptical about how any of this relates to a school project. But honestly, I... She really goes off and says that Andy was like a bitch and like kind of insinuate or kind of insinuates that she was a bitch, I would say. Well, I was going to say, I actually understand her perspective of being like, this doesn't sound like it's for a school project. Like if... Because she's asking questions of like, oh, were they sleeping together? I'd be like, excuse me, what? I think she was asking mm-hmm. about the specifics of like, did she have a bad relationship with her dad? And she's like, you don't need to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, how is this re- relevant to the investigation? Like, it's not. I mean, she's being like really standoffish, but I understand why. Because it's like, she's way past the whole school project thing at this point. Like, she's in too deep. Which girl that she interviewed it basically said, I'm better off without her. Like, I didn't like who I was with her. And now that she's gone, I like... Emma, yeah. the first one. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like... Okay. Yeah. Well, it also kind of just makes me feel like they weren't really friends. They were, like, they were all just kind of there. It's superficial. Yeah, it's all for popularity points. Mm-hmm. If I'm, quote unquote, friends with this girl, I'll be seen in a more fav- favorable light. Let me just survive with these people throughout the next four years and we're good. And then I'll move on. When Pip asks if they were sleeping together, she says no, but then she also like hesitates at saying that they were exclusive. So Pip's like, hmm, Mm -hmm. there's something there, which is interesting. And then she lets slip that Andy kind of had this thing where she loved like flaunting things in people's faces and rousing people's interests and getting them to ask questions. Like apparently she had a lot of money on her all the time. Um, and she would always yeah. buy things for people and mm-hmm. make catty comments about them. That's really suspicious. And the first thing that entered my brain was that someone's paying you off. Well, yeah, that, well, that was the second thing, but the first thing, but then I thought, well, she's a high school student. So this kind of creepy, but it was like prostitution. She's hot and she's mean and, Oh, I thought it was just because she was rich. 
Like, that's what I thought. I thought, like, her family had money, and, like, she would just flaunt. One of the things that, that the girl was talking about was, she, like, she didn't know where the money was coming from. Like, mm-hmm. she always has this money, uh... and she doesn't know where she's getting it because she, like, didn't have a part-time job. Only fans. She yeah. has an only fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I always just kind of thought it was an allowance from her dad, but IDK. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm wondering if however she's getting the money, maybe that's what Sal was talking about. I'm not talking to you till you stop. Maybe she's doing something Ooh. to get this money that he didn't approve of. Well, then we find out later because then what's her name? Pip is like, let me go catfish and contact Emma with this like fake phone or fake phone number that I have. And pretend to be Chloe. Yeah, and did the wonderful trick of being like, hey, girl, what's up? It's me. I have a new number. <laughs> I think this crosses the ethical line that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. We do find out, though, that Chloe does, or was it Emma that she texted? She, yeah. And she was pretending she was Chloe? Yes. Okay. We find that there was, like, a secret older man that... Andy was in a relationship with maybe that's the man that was giving her the money mm-hmm. yeah. that was her her sugar daddy. Well, they all there at some point they also implied that Andy knew that her dad was stepping out on her mom with whoever this young chick was that he ended up marrying. Yeah, she calls the new wife a whore. Yeah, so possibly her dad is paying her off to like keep quiet about the fact that he's having an affair. Mm-hmm. That could be it too. That yeah. could also be the, yeah. the tension, the strain with her relationship with her dad is because she knows that he's cheating on her mom. What does her dad do? Like, is he a lawyer? <laughs> but now he's bolded on her list, and there's a secret older guy on her list, too. It's getting scandalous. The last two chapters of this section went by pretty <clears throat> fast. Oh, they went to camp, or they go camping. They go to camp. They go to camp. <laughs> camp murder. <laughs> Get murdered. <laughs> Let's go to the murder woods. <laughs> Camp for a night. <laughs> they go camping with their whole friend group, um, which is the three girls and three guys that have kind of been name dropped throughout the whole book. She has friends. We get it. <laughs> like she's not alone. Yeah, they're they're like drinking and eating candy and having fun, and they like Pip sees that like, someone's watching them in the woods. So one of the boys named Connor, like, runs after him, and he's like, I didn't see him. like Or her. Or her, yeah. He's like, I yeah. lost them. Um, and then they all get really lost and freaked out, and it takes them a good bit of time to get back to their camp, I guess, their tent. And then Pippa finds a note on her sleeping bag that says, uh, stop digging, Pippa, which would scare the shit out of me. I'd probably poop my pants. There was a moment when she was alone, like, I guess still setting up the campsite area where her two friends, Lauren and Kara. She thought she heard footsteps. Yeah, like, she thought she heard footsteps because, like, the two girls went up to the car and she thought she heard, she thought they were coming back, but it just ended up being, like, a bird or something. And then later on, like, the guys come down and they're like, oh, it's just us. Which made me think, like, oh, maybe that's, like, the person that put the note in her sleeping bag, like, hiding in the trees. It seems like, like, that's obviously, like, 
freaky and creepy and like what the heck is going on and who is this person but at the same time like that seems like an extremely convoluted and like roundabout way to send a message to her like wait till they go camping and then sneak something in her sleeping bag after you, they've run away it's like seems like there's yeah. e- there are easier ways to get the message across to somebody it's just supposed to be spooky yeah guess i also wouldn't go camping alone like that i would have a dog i mean there's six people or some kind of animal still i a dog can sense outer like presences outer people presence. who are drunk can't outer presences <laughs> is this a ghost? Like ghosts <laughs> ghosts and spirits poltergeists i've had my cat stare at the ceiling at like 10 o'clock at night nothing is happening and i'm like cats what are, are you looking at <laughs> scares me sometimes but I feel like having a dog around or something that bites, you know, just something to protect me when I'm camping. Bites? No. My doggies are good. They would never bite. Yeah, Valkyrie's a big scaredy baby. True. I don't think she'd do anything. She has a lot of bork, but that's it. I think unless you are allergic, obviously, just having a dog around all the time just is just always just a good life. Not less. It is a good life. life. Uh, goal. Goal. Thank you, goal. It's a good <laughs> life goal to have. Yeah. Cats are great, but they don't feel the love <laughs> as much. Just get a dog. Sorry, I'm very dog deprived. <laughs> I need to get a dog. So what do you all think happens or like has is going to happen? Oh, man. I think uh, one of my working theories, simply because it seems as though Pip and Ravi are starting to get I don't, not lovey-dovey that's not the word but like there seems to be some sort of chemistry between the two of them and i think ravi might have had something to do with this Ooh. especially because he you know sal died from taking a bunch of his dad's sleeping pills like who mm-hmm. would have had access to those sleeping pills obviously sal would have but also if sal was murdered then Ravi would have had access to them as well, but I think the I think she's gonna let Pip and Ravi get close and buddy buddy, and then start to fall for each other, and then suddenly this big twist where it turns Ooh. out Ravi had something to do with it. Oh, he's the bad guy. That's spicy. Ah, I like that. Well, I think Andy's alive. Like I think in some way she got herself in, caught in a bad situation, maybe. I don't think she had an extra lover. I think she got caught by her dad with this, like, younger woman. And her dad is, like, freaking out. And maybe, like, something in that circle is messy. We don't know yet. But I think there's something messy there. And I think Andy is alive. And that is my prediction. <laughs> I think one of those, I think one of the theories, like, I think it might... I think it might have been theory four where someone like staged her disappearance or something like that. Or maybe she's part of her disappearance Mm -hmm. and she's definitely like lurking around somewhere on earth. And unfortunately Sal died in the process of being probably framed. So that's what I think. I think there was an accident that happened and that's why he's dead. Hmm. I think 1245 is way too late to leave a dinner party. You are never going 
to get over that. How did, how were you awake when I went to your house the other week? Like, I was, so I was at your house till three. Tired the next day though. Like normally, my ass is in bed between. It's been a little bit later with the holidays. Now I don't have a schedule, but normally I'm in bed reading with Bartok and my cup of tea between nine and ten. That sounds like a nice time. So being at someone's house till twelve thirty sounds hellish to me (laughs) true i'm not sure what i think honestly i do think that her dad had something to do with it i don't think that sal killed her i think it seems like everything was planted on him like he didn't really do it but i don't think andy killed him i mean she seems like regina george but i don't see why she would have a motive to kill him either We'll never know until next week. Yeah. Or maybe the week after. Who knows? Yeah. Sometime in January. January we'll find out. January. Thanks for joining us, Rainer. Is there anything that you want to plug? Yeah. Thank you. Don't have anything to plug at the moment. You can check out my band on pretty much any streaming platform. Just look up Concrete Supergun. Listen to some cool tunes. That's all I've got going right now. Nice. And we'll put that in the show notes for easy access for our listeners. And we plugged this a little bit earlier in the show, but if you want to hop onto our Patreon page, patreon.com slash fiddle and pipe, um, you can support what we do if you think what we do is worthy of your money. And Catherine might be uploading her senior project. Her Oompa Loompa oh song. Yeah. I want to hear that. <laughs> so. <laughs> I should actually like probably tell my dad to mail that to me and be like hey dad i love you can you just like dig into one of these boxes in my closet you should sorry for waste like you know occupying your time no 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 not that box not that box (laughs) get my senior project out and play it make a reel or something yes you should here's a clip from our latest fiddle and pipe after dark we are covering part two of 50 shades of gray chapter six through ten with our friend megan enjoy so speaking of the perfect size, uh, that's actually a great transition into oh my our God. novel. Of- oh my gosh. <laughs> we are doing chapters six through 10 mm-hmm. of Fifty Shades of Grey. And oh my God, these were 60 pages of something <laughs> else. It was, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of action in this uh, little chunk right here. We can go into this later, but some of what she goes through makes me wonder if I've ever had sex in my entire life. Oh, you poor thing. If that was... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That first time was not my first time. It was not my first time either. (laughs) Not at all. No. I was like, is this what it should be like? (laughs) Just like kind of thinking back to when this... When I remember seeing this book for the first time... Like 2012, I just remember if I feel I feel like if I read this book back then, I would have believed everything and like expected that to be honest. Because oh same, I was not really sexually active back then at all. I was just my own self, and so if I read Fifty Shades, I would have been like, oh, so this is what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> and yeah, it's just so oh unrealistic, I guess. Oh yeah, and also I feel like. I feel like this isn't the case so much anymore, or maybe I'm just not the target audience, but I feel like sex is so glorified in media 
that it definitely does give you unrealistic expressions of what it's supposed to be. And I'm not even talking about porn, because if you watch porn, like, that's straight up unrealistic. But if you... Just watching, like, movies, you're like, oh, wow, it's, like, the melding of two bodies, and it's intimate, and it's wonderful, and everything feels great. And what they don't tell you is that when you queef during sex, you're supposed to, like, laugh and still have sex. Like, that's (laughs) not something that's ever covered in a movie. (laughs) That's never covered in a movie. No, not at all. But that's real life. Like, that's not how sex is, or at least not, like, my my experience. Maybe y'all two have, like, different experiences, but. No. No, there's nothing going on over here, so I'm with you. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Megan, do you have any kind of history or backstory with Fifty Shades? No, I actually was never allowed to, like, talk about it i've never seen the movie it's bad i've heard it's awful so there's no point well, no no i mean you should come over you guys should have a drinking game <laughs> yes <laughs> we need to watch it because it's definitely worth a watch but it is a bad movie i spent like what a whole day watching all three movies one time and i couldn't believe like when the third movie ended i looked up and i was like wait a minute that's the ending. <laughs> I didn't even realize that that was the legit ending. I thought it, we were only like watching 30 minutes of that movie too. Like only 30 minutes had some excitement in oh, it. Oh lord. Everything else was just bad. Yeah, I just bad. I was never allowed to like talk about it, get near it, like even associate any part of it. So that, like this is the first time I'm ever listening to anything like this and um I'm unimpressed unimpressed are you audiobooking it <laughs> yeah i'm audiobooking it mostly because i didn't I, I didn't want my parents to walk in the house and be like why is 50 shades of gray sitting on your bookshelf understandable uh, understandable <laughs> the audiobook is really boring too the narrator is wait not the vibe are you listening to oh. the one that matt oh, oh yeah i haven't put these up yet because these are going to be on our <laughs> new patreon tier so they're going to be these are going to be exclusive juicy episodes but in our yeah. first episode matt said that he's listening to an audio recording that's done by the super dry narrator and it's read in the voice that's very similar to like a male version of siri oh he's doing a male version mine's a girl the narrator's okay. supposed to be anna of course but like so they it's on audible but like she's really boring Oh, it's audible. I think his was a free recording. How do they hire people for these, like, jobs? Like, (laughs) you make, like, a recommendation. Like, get somebody else to narrate this, Something, (laughs) something different. Because it's just, it sounds like this, and it's kind of monotone, and, oh my gosh, Christian. No, thank you. Mm -mm. Not about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I feel like the author didn't really give much to the book to make it super exciting to read out loud. Yeah. Why was it three books? And I probably if you sound too excited, it sounds like mocking. So these people are hired as like professionals. Yeah. I'm sure that's a mm-hmm. whole thing that we could get into. Anyway, should we get into this? Yeah. Oh, maybe I should go back to chapter six. I like chapter six. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I might have the notes like remember in high school when you'd read a book but you wouldn't really read it, so you'd go get the cheats off of like like spark, spark notes? notes? Yes. It, yes. It's not spark yes. notes. It's studypool.com, but I definitely am a lot farther in the so book. Cool. And um, so I have a quick brief summary of each chapter for my brain. <laughs> oh, so you had to go back to figure out like, shit, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. See, that's why I can't read ahead on things because then I'm like, 
we kind of fell into that a little bit on butterfly hunting with the episode that's coming out Wednesday. We kind of started talking about the ending and then we're like, wait a second, let's back up. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got ahead of ourselves. That's okay. Uh, it's so hard not to in that book. But a book that um, I, I smooth transition to Fifty Shades, um, <laughs> chapter six. <laughs> uh, it starts out with Anastasia basically gaslighting herself about the elevator kiss. And that's when I knew that we were in for a good section. She gaslights herself quite a lot. Let me just side note, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. I'm tired of that gaslighting. Maybe that's why I don't like this author or the narrator, because I'm like, stop it, stop it, as I'm like hitting her. Please stop. <laughs> but it's yeah. true. She's just like, no, there's no way this could have happened. It's just like, girl, you just got like kissed. Like it happens. Maybe you're just hot. Like that. Accept it. That one. <laughs> just accept it. So Christian is driving her home. And he puts on the flower duet. Yes. I was, like, thinking of Twilight Parallels Mm -hmm. when Edward is playing, what? Claire de Lune. Claire de Lune or something like that? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, Twilight, that's fine. What is it with romance and classical music? Like, I get it. It's just so hot. I just don't understand. I'm sorry, you guys. I mean, I play a violin, so, like, if any y'all want to hook a gal up, like, that's... Play the flower du- duet? I'll do that. <laughs> In someone's car? I don't know. I never had, a, like, a bunch of guys following me, like, drooling because I play the violin. So, apparently, we live in two different universes. Same. Oh, yeah. Unless you're, like, sitting in the car and you're, like, playing it behind, like, Christian Grey and... Could you just imagine that? Um, Here's the car, and then there's just Brittany sitting in the back seat with the. <laughs> <laughs> she makes her cameo appearance, yeah. <laughs> and it's like really badly done, like Lindsay Sterling. So like I'm yeah, dancing in the background, exactly. my hair is going everywhere, hair is just blowing in the wind, like a slow, like '80s romantic moment. Yes, yes. big hair, perfect. Yes, I love this. <laughs> Actually, this is not what we're doing. This go direct a music video, and we'll come back to this. Yeah, we'll make some edits and like resend that edit to like the film crew and be like, "Hey, can you just like refurbish Fifty Shades of Grey for like a quick second? And then you'll have enough social media content to last like <laughs> exactly at least like three months. So advertise Fiddle and Pipe podcast. There you go. <laughs> right there. Marketing. Um, <laughs> if you don't want to give us money for any reason, you can. Do stuff to support us for free. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can find us on social media at Fiddle and Pipe on Instagram and at Fiddle and Pipe on TikTok if you are on TikTok. On Facebook, we are at Fiddle and Pipe Forum. We are on all three platforms, so find us at Fiddle and Pipe. We're literally like the only Fiddle and Pipe around, so. And the best one. The best Fiddle and Pipe around. The very first. Next week, we'll be covering (laughs) part two of this book. So stay tuned for future developments as we become detectives or investigators. From book club to true crime club. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Detective club. We'll see you all next week. See you guys. Later.